Podcast Season 5, Episode 3. Man, we are plowing through. It is uh, Sunday the 11th. I love doing shows on the 11th, Ethan. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) It always means something on those particular days. But as you know, everyone listening, of course, Ethan is joining me for this episode. Say good day, my brother. Hey, mate. Hello to everyone out there. It's good to be back. I was a bit busy and missed the last episode. It's good to sometimes sit back and have a listen myself but um really good to be back mate and even though it is the holiday season and things are wrapping up there's still plenty of things to talk about as we know a lot of the times they try to weave some of these agendas and hidden things in right at the end of the year when no one's paying attention so there's still a lot to discuss to disseminate it's probably the busiest time of the year for people in the news to keep an eye on things so yeah we'll have a chat about all that today 100 right yeah we got to now more than ever is when we got to be vigilant vigilant actually it's uh like you said when they start to wrap things up for the year it's when they start to ramp things up for the year for the next for the coming year i should say um but anyway andy is also uh waiting in the wings there andy my brother how are you Good evening, General. Yeah, is. I'm very, very good. Yeah, no problems at all. How are you guys going so far on the uh, Christmas season? And Merry Christmas to you both, because I don't know if we'll be able to get on again before then. So I thought we'll just say it now. Merry Christmas to both of you. Hope you're going to oh, be uh, having you. a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah so thanks, General. Yeah. You're traveling all right. You got plans? You got um, the kids organized? Like, what's going on, man? Um, mate. Uh, look, it's just going to be a quiet one this year, to be okay. honest with you. Yeah, we're just going to nice. chill at home, uh, try and stay away from traffic. And, and uh, yeah, just uh, just home with a wife and, and a few few close friends and, and uh, my daughter and um, and Billy's kids as well. So, um, yeah, oh, that's just good. a quiet Go one. For yeah, swim. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, nothing nothing special. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to do something similar, just the usual kind of thing with the um, sister-in-law at their place, have a swim and play some pinball machines and stuff. It's pretty, uh, it's usually a good night, actually. Um, But yeah, that's about it, really. I'll be, other than that, I'm not taking any time off other than the public holidays. It's too busy for me. It's like uh, the busiest time of year, Um, not just for for myself here uh, doing my job, but uh, also, like we were just mentioning before, in the the news cycle doesn't end. It is uh, there's so many things still going on, man. They are ramping up stuff. We've got to keep an eye on things. Uh, like uh, Ethan was saying before, towards the end of the year, that's when they try and slip a few things through that we uh, weren't really paying attention to, or we're too distracted by the holiday season, or you know, going shopping and all that sort of shit. So uh, yeah, there's a few things we wanted to uh, discuss for this episode. Probably a little bit more along the lines of what we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, uh, last week, uh, last episode, Andy, how we were kind of mentioning how Brisbane's going to make the big push for the the big smart city upgrade uh, for the Olympics coming up in uh, 2032, mate. Um, but that's not all. That's that's probably you know that's uh, what are we a few years away? Yeah, 2032 is 
it's coming. It's not that not that far off because we're in 2022, nearly 2023 now. So it's about nine years away before that actually happens. So they're going to do a lot of upgrades around the place. And Ethan was kind of mentioning just before we started recording that even down in um, in Sydney, they're doing some. Uh, they want to basically build another major kind of centre. Is that right, Ethan? Just outside of the city, more towards the airport. Yeah. Basically, so Western New Smart Western city down there. Sydney. Yeah, mate, Western Sydney. I'll have an article on TOTT News about this in the next few days. But for the listeners out there, obviously, you know, you get the the spicy spicy news here. But it's called Bradfield. This is right. the new city that is now under development because they've finally got all of the land just outside of Western Sydney going to the airport out there. And the actual releases say that they want this to be a smart city of the 22nd century. So it's going to be a massive hub for innovation, for technology and science. It's going to be a, a sophisticated smart city and it's going to be home to CSIRO. All of these other major organisations are going to be centred there to make this a new city, Bradfield, Sydney's third city apparently. So they've been working on this and I'll send an article through. They've actually started um, construction on it. So wow. as a few weeks ago, or I believe it was in October or so, but they've it's been like... The first building is being constructed, it says on the article, it's going to be a 3,840-square-metre multi-purpose infrastructure providing spaces for offices, exhibitions, events, and then it's the first stage of an advanced manufacturing and research facility. The Bradfield City Centre will span 114 hectares and it is backed by a $1 billion investment from the New South Wales government. So... Yeah, this that. is wow. what they're doing there, mate. Just, you know, they're just everywhere they're just continuing to, to plot away and to build as we come into the back end of the year. Are they? Is there any mention on there? I haven't looked at this yet, but is there any mention on there with um, rail at all? Are they doing high-speed rail or something to this destination by any chance? Um, I haven't particularly seen anything on that yet. I presume because okay. it's going to be connected to the to the airport and whatnot. And all of these state governments are already doing fast rail projects themselves. So mm -hmm. the New South Wales government has talked about faster rail, inland rail and stuff like this. So there's no doubt that it will, in my mind, be connected to some sort of a fast rail infrastructure. Because I was just having a look at... Clara, right? Because I, I was looking, I was actually looking on, on the Clara.com.au website, looking at their um, smart city sort of shit. And when you, then you sent that link through on Skype for this new one, and I clicked on it, and I was like, I, I went back to it. And I thought, am I looking at the Clara website? Like they're not similar, like not, you know, it's the same sort of stuff, really. Like they're not exactly the same, but you look at it, it's like, oh, Jesus, it's the same sort of shit on the Clara one, you know, about building smart cities and uh, all that sort of stuff. But I was having a look at their, um, Sydney to Canberra. Um, that doesn't include anything. It makes you wonder whereabouts in Sydney if it's going to go in the city for their smart, their uh, high-speed rail there. So we might need to do a little bit of uh, investigation on that. I want to see if that's going to be included with Bradfield. If that's going to be yeah, a new, for sure. Possibly, a, I didn't even a destination. Didn't even think you know of what that. I mean? 
Yeah, it just, no, they I seem to go hand in hand, Ethan. It's always if it's a smart city, they've got to have. Well, that seems to be what we've seen that they want to put rail for these things. So that's why I asked. You know, it's just well, when you see that going. map that you brought up, it seems to come out of the city, almost down, sort of to the west as yeah, it's, it's going, not going to Canberra. East. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. It's definitely yeah, going west, absolutely. yeah, southwest. So. Yeah, southwest. So it's it's not going more towards the east. It's it's coming in west. So I'm not sure if you pull up a map of where the Melbourne Airport, uh, the Sydney Airport is in Western Sydney and stuff, because you know the a lot of these regions are still like an hour away from the city or whatnot. That's why Sydney's such a a hassle to get to. But yeah, that's definitely something to try and you know put together i've definitely i've got some bombshells coming out on australia's high speed rail plans over the next week it'll be a video coming out they're they're sort of uh, kicking things off so if we can put more pieces together like this this definitely makes it something to so for the listeners out there, we're just having a look at the Sydney Airport. Yeah, we're just now. I, I'm not sure if it's Sydney Airport. It's Western Sydney Airport. I'm not sure how many airports they actually right. have. That's right. Because I think Sydney. the Sydney Airport is more towards the bay, but the other one will definitely be inland more. I'll just zoom out a bit more, and we can have a look. Uh, so Greater Western Sydney's out this area here, but look at that big plot of land there. I wonder where they're going to put it. Is it uh, is it named already? Does it is like Bradfield? Is it or is that a new what the new name for the area is going to be? That's yeah, that's the new name for the area, Bradfield. Right. Wonder where they're going to put it. Interesting though. It's bit, there's no actual. Well, I haven't got anything to say where the airport is around there, but um, yeah, something maybe they they're probably... building. Maybe they're building another airport. Maybe I have it wrong, and they might build another airport out there. Yeah, but look, hey, it's interesting either way, folks. I mean, like uh, Ethan was saying, this this is. The new idea it's you know upgrade existing major hubs and cities and throw them in with this smart city infrastructure it's all about this interconnectivity the internet of things this monitoring 24 7 energy use all of this stuff is all part of it folks and um where is it there's the melbourne plan too here we go uh, so this is the new one. I, I sent a link to you guys i'm not sure if you had a, had a chance to have a look at this here but so plan melbourne is uh from the uh, where are we? planmelbourne.vic.gov.au is the uh, main website. 2017 through to 2050 is their plan, and it's basically what they've called is 20-minute neighbourhoods is one of the current projects. Plan Melbourne is guided by the principle of 20-minute neighbourhoods. The 20-minute neighbourhood is all about living locally, giving people the ability to meet most of their daily needs within a 20-minute walk from home with safe cycling and local transport options. I think you just love how they word it. It makes it sound so lovely, doesn't it? Oh, I want to live there. I want to live there. It sounds fantastic. The current municipal strategic planning project is a joint DELWP and local government project to create better planning for neighbourhood activity centres to deliver 20-minute neighbourhoods. It's got a few areas here. Ben, was it Banyul, Darabin, Moon, uh, Maroondah, Mooney Valley, uh, Whittlesea City Councils are all testing draft guidance to support activity center network planning based on their local needs and priorities. The outcomes of the project will inform future guidance to, uh, developed to ensure it is robust and fit for purpose. So they've obviously got a few councils that have signed on to give it a crack to see if they can actually pull that sort of shit off. But um, that's another one to have a look at as well too. So Sydney's doing their version. Melbourne's going to do their sort of version of it all. Uh, let's have a look what the plan is. 
There uh, we go. Of course, there it is. There's your keywords right there. Plan Melbourne is our long-term plan to ensure Melbourne grows more sustainable, productive, and livable. Um, didn't I hear that Melbourne was labelled the world's or Australia's like um, nicest city, or it got some accolade recently? And I was like, really? Like really? <laughs> after after all that shit lately? Oh, I think I saved it. Um, well, maybe I didn't. Uh, I thought I did. Well, I couldn't believe when I saw it. I was like, how? How is that possible? How was it labelled that? But anyway. Friendliest, uh, friendliest city. Or oh, friendliest. Like yeah, it was. I think I shared it in one of the groups. But anyway, couldn't believe it. Crazy. Uh, but there you go, Ethan. There's another version. So this is Melbourne's version of a brother. Um, probably a very similar, along the line, similar lines to Sydney's version, I would say. Yeah, and I just double-checked, there is this Western Sydney International Airport. It's not exactly lined up in terms of going outwards out of the city, but the the thing is, is like where this massive, we've got to work out where this massive block of land is. So, mm. But just to your point before we move on with that, um, you're absolutely right, General, and we were talking about this off-air, mate. They're, they're already overlaying... Um, so these are already these existing smart cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah, these are already existing smart cities. This has been going on since 2018, 2019, the evolution of Australia's smart cities in Sydney and Melbourne have already been transformed into this with massive facial recognition, data tracking through the city, all of this type of stuff, free Wi-Fi. They're even now in Melbourne, they've got smart city traffic management systems. They've got 5G connected to um, garbage trucks to go around and do this type of stuff. So um, they these are already existing smart cities. So what they're doing is they're overlaying even more sophisticated smart cities. So it's almost like what we understand about the smart city agenda isn't that they're already complete it's that this isn't the end of it. They're just going to keep overlaying this type of technology, which is it's really fascinating to see and, you know, should concern a lot of people that do care about their privacy, do care about this type of of thing. So Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. absolutely. But look, yeah, well this this where we're looking at now on the on the map here looks like a very sort of like there's a lot of airport sort of stuff here. Airport business park, Western Sydney. International Airport Experience yeah. Centre, Airport Terminal, like it's all in this area just here. Um, lots of little lakes and thing areas and stuff. But, yeah, I'd say it's definitely going to be in this particular so, area, sure. So just if you zoom out a little bit, like just zoom out a little bit further like there and see all that massive land just out to the left of it there, like if that becomes sort of like a smart city out there, mm. that's – that's you know it's it's not exactly where the map is. That's all Clara Blue Mountains. I'm pretty sure that's all Blue Mountains there, because I know I know Katoomba is in the Blue Mountains. Like that, that's all hills. That's all actual mountains there. So I don't think they could do it there. It would have to be down here at the foothills, because Penrith is basically at the foothills of the Blue Mountains, which is all this area. So unless yeah, yeah it would ha it would it would have to be in here somewhere, brother. Like I reckon down here. A lot of land in there and stuff too. We'll then compare it to the Clara map tab. Yeah, let's do like that. Just okay. click it quickly and see yeah, where just... their smart city. So see that's that it. just green underneath that Western Airport there. You just like just 
picture that. That's where we're saying it's going. Yeah, so and Sydney, then, so it's basically directly west and then maybe... And a little bit under. A little bit south. And then you see there, it's not exactly, no, but it's it'd be sort there. of... It's a bit hard it, to tell. You know what I mean? Because that dot could be, you know, like we could really be looking at it there as Sydney and there, like, you know... Anyway, because that's just a generalized path exactly. that they that's, want to go. It's reliant yeah. on land and everything like that. What they can secure, what they can't. As you said, yep. there's a there's the Blue Mountains there. So yeah, it's not exactly there, but you could put some correlation together there to suggest yeah. well, that they're going down that way to Canberra. There's only a few gaps, mate. It goes um, here where where Barrel is. That's like a low point, like a valley area. So because you've got mountains here, mountains here. And then there's a gap there where barrel is. So if you're going to come down with a with a high speed rail, and you're around here, you'd have to come. I keep fucking high, <laughs> keep highlighting that thing. Uh, come down beside the mountain range, go through that gap because they're not going to they're not going to put high speed rail on top of mountains or they're not going to tunnel through a mountain. They might do it for a gap, but mm. if the gap's already there for freeways, they'll just run it beside the freeway probably. So it'll come down here, it'll go through Goldburn, and then look bank cameras right there. It'll come down in south there. Well, this, you know I mean? see, it makes makes a bit a lot of sense, right? You know, makes, and then uh, all this see in here, you've got Canberra south of Canberra through down to Cooma. You've got all this is in like a lower area too, so they could actually run the rail this way, and then down uh, towards Victoria. See Shepparton. I know Shepparton was one of the. Uh, where is it? Yeah, Melbourne to Greater Shepparton is the other one. Uh, just bear with us, folks. So, yeah, so Melbourne up, up, then it goes up here to the Greater Shepparton there, right? Oop, wrong one. Uh, which is here, so that's Shepparton. Melbourne, first one, I think, was around this Seymour area and then up here to Shepparton. And then it's got to get from there, basically, towards Canberra, which I think was over here. Yeah, over there. So it's got to head from Shepparton. It comes through Albury and stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to go that side because this is all mountains on this side. So it's going to have to go on the flatter side through probably New Wagga. Wagga Wagga, I mean, and then come back in maybe the back part of uh, Canberra there. Who knows? But that's uh, definitely going to be then the gap here or possibly up here. There's another small... I don't know. You well, I hadn't really put run that high-speed Sydney. rail through there, but through here you could anyway. Yeah, yeah, mate. Well, I hadn't put that Sydney connection together with the Clara plan. Like, I've been watching the government's moves in terms of Albanese's already confirmed that they want to collaborate with Japan. He's set up a national task force to do it. So I've been concentrating on that more so than the remembering Clara's pathway. And so writing this Sydney smart city article all of a sudden you know we might have discovered something right here live on the air mate you know that yeah. this is the beginning path of those three smart city locations that they want from sydney to canberra because as yeah. you said the mountains are there that's the only place they could go down so exactly they've got to call yeah. us conspiracy theorists but um you know some things don't uh, seem to add up mate yeah andy does that make sense to you you were you watching along with that by any chance mate did you see what we were doing there I was like, I mean, I haven't actually, tra I've, I was too young. I have traveled that area. I've been to Katoomba and, you know, the Blue Mountains and stuff and everything there, but I haven't, um, not recently. I'm, I've, it's, I was too young to remember. So I don't know if anyone's ever traveled down there recently, but that, that to me seems the logical way to go is to, if you've got that, that biggest smart city sitting out here in the greater Western Sydney area, the foothills, 
and you're going to have to come south. You couldn't you couldn't take rail that way. You'd have to come south through through the edges. Yeah, I think you're right. It, like building rail on you know through mountainous areas and stuff is extremely expensive. Oh yeah, it, it is. It is unlikely that they'll be taking that path. I agree with you. Um, mm. uh, Speaking yeah, of pathways. Look, Sorry to interrupt just real quick. Um, one one thing that I'm reminded of when we're talking about pathways here is that Telstra, remember, joined the Clara Consortium. So Telstra yes, is did. a member. So in terms of pathways, who has mapped out better pathways across the country than Telstra with mm-hmm. towers and cables and all of that type of stuff? All the accessibility for it all. That's right. Yep. Yep. So they've already got a network there to collaborate and to show them the way to navigate these complex systems, right? Yeah, that's a good point, actually, Ethan. That is actually a really good point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where they've got their Sorry to interrupt, Andy. You, you continue, Andy. I just wanted to point out, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. I'll, I'll be keen to get on and get into more of the um, – uh, technical bits about these twenty-minute cities later on, but um, no, keep talking, boys. You're all good. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's just another one to suss out. There's lots of PDFs and stuff on that Melbourne Plan Melbourne website. There, I'll put links in the show notes, everyone, as well, to have a look. Um, they can see for themselves. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, but again, uh, in saying all of this, Ethan, what we're talking about here, basically, uh, let me just cross over back to screen share for the for the people watching, for the members watching. Let me know when you got the screen. Yep. Yeah, we're up. Okay. Australia's over at TOTTnews.com, Australia's 5G network ready to reach full potential. So basically what we sort of people have been saying all along is we haven't really got 5G. We haven't had 5G, you know, for the last couple of years since they've been talking about, oh, we've got 5G, 5G's here and blah, blah, blah. But they haven't really actually had it. Since the um, scamdemic rolled out, what did we see? Fucking towers popping up everywhere. These were the essential workers that were allowed to work, and they were the ones that um, were upgrading all the towers. All the infrastructure was getting done. 5G popping up everywhere. It's just increased exponentially. Um, and now it appears to be actually nearly pretty much at its full potential now, Ethan. Is that right? Correct, General. So, yeah, that's a, a great segue in terms of talking about Telstra because they were one of these companies that oh, yeah. for the last – 18 months or so since about um, mid-2021, so about, probably about the last year or so, they have been doing the 5G millimetre wave auctions. Um, so this is something I've been covering on the website. where yeah, and they've Just, been, just yeah. to refresh for the people who aren't aware of how that works, so on the basically the radio frequency spectrum they have available, the bandwidth is... Um, they have a certain amount of gigahertz from whatever this to whatever amount of gigahertz and companies are allowed to basically bid they have an auction and they can bid for how much of that particular um, bandwidth of that of that um, basically uh, the the spectrum that they can buy and then they are secured that particular amount like that belongs to them that's their frequencies when they want to sell their products and stuff and have their connections for telecommunications it's on that particular bandwidth in those within that range. They own it. That's theirs. They they bought it at the auction. Basically, that's how it kind of works, right? In a nutshell. Yeah, absolutely, general. So, and that and that's what a lot of people have been speaking about. Until they got those allocated spectrums for each company, and there was 
um, 14 applicants, I believe, um, and SpaceX was one of them, Elon Musk's SpaceX, or like a whole bunch of companies bid for their own spectrum allowance so that they can fully harness their 5G potential. And so now, this is what this article is referring to on tottnews.com, they have introduced what is called 5G standalone. So this is the next generation of 5G, the full potential of 5G, that is a new way to transform connectivity experiences, according to Telstra. So I go through and, and have a little bit of a chat about non-standalone 5G versus standalone 5G. And essentially, the difference is, is that it's no longer, um, as you mentioned, backed by the 4G LTE core base. So what it does is now it establishes its own uh, radio core base to be able to transmit the signals through these allocated spectrums. So it no longer has to just rely on the infrastructure of 4G. It's going to be separate now. So this includes network slicing. They can do what they call independent virtualized networks, uh, for example. So essentially, in a quote by Telstra says, it allows them to carve up our world-leading mobile technology into separate secure slices that can be finely tuned to suit the needs of many customers. So this is what is being rolled out. It's not just a Telstra initiative 5G standalone. 5G standalone is actually the like the concept of what it's called. It's 5G SA of when it finally gets its core. So Telstra are calling it that. But And, and I imagine this was basically what it was like when we had 3G and they were upgrading everything to 4G. It was going to be, it was probably the same concept. It, uh, we're using everything on 3G because everything was 3G and then they went to 4G. Now 4G became the standard. You know what I mean? And then now it's yeah. going to be the 5G. You're no longer relying on the 4G standard. They've got their own basically standalone version of it now, which is now the 5G, yeah. And so Telstra says, think of this as an extra wide highway and we've just split it into enough lanes for everyone to travel at their own speed. So Telstra, with a lot of this dystopian language as they promote it, they've done some really uh, mm. interesting ads um, through their time promoting 5G. They've openly mocked people through the pandemic, which 5G was accelerated during the pandemic after being yes. first announced in 2020. Um, so people are like, what does this mean? And I've highlighted in the article, as some of the members can see on the screen there, um, Nokia and TPG have set a new 5G uplink speed record because of this, because of their allocation of telecom, TPG Telecom's millimetre wave spectrum. Mm. So they were able to hit two gigabytes per second. And then there's other stories, Samsung um, were able to reach top speeds over a 10-kilometre distance with that's their new huge. 5G. That's pretty huge. Yeah, that's really. a... Yeah, that's a it's a pretty big radius in terms of top speeds. This is what we're talking about. This is mm. no interruptions. This isn't just how far it can travel. This is how far it can travel with no interruptions. Yeah, it's at instant, full speed, full capacity. Yeah, at full capacity. So ten kilometers, Samsung have been able to achieve in the twenty eight gigahertz fixed wireless access connection. So this is what is being rolled out now, um, and I even talk about the Global Mobile Suppliers Association from last year. 94 operators in 48 countries are investing in trials and deployments of public 5G standalone. So 
It's arrived in Australia, and this is really we've spoken about this for years. General five G mm. is really the underpinning of this Internet of Things, mass surveillance, all of these smart cities that we've spoken about just now. It can only run because of the speed and efficiency of these 5G power towers, the power that is coming out of these things and the closeness with all of the 5G cells everywhere. I mean, you can't walk through the Brisbane uh, Queen Street Mall without seeing 5G cell towers on the side of the building. Like, yeah. you can you can reach up yeah. and touch it with your hand. It's so close to you. So everything is being thought, trapped it? around us. <laughs> it is. It's, and it blends yeah. into the building. Like, I pointed out to people, like, oh, shit, I didn't even realise that was there. And yeah, people yeah. have been posting on Facebook talking about um, how they've been putting them on churches and stuff at the top of churches, sort of disguising them amongst the crosses and everything like that, and just mm. this weird rollout that they're just popping up on every street corner. I posted a photo on Facebook from TOTT News a local footy field near me has two 5G towers smack dead right beside the field. Two 5G towers sticking out Far of the out. field, like right beside it. And there's children play there. It's a junior rugby league football club. So they're just popping up everywhere. And everyone has the health concerns and stuff. But, again, this is what industrial robots, self-driving cars, everything like that is going to be powered on as well. So while we're in this 5G grid and all of the health effects are affecting us, it's also enabling the state to um, instigate unparalleled surveillance. And, and this is where it goes from here. Maybe there is a correlation between these new smart city overlays and the new power of 5G. They're stepping it up a notch maybe. So they're my there's thoughts. No, there's no off. maybe they're about it. <laughs> no maybe <laughs> about it, Ethan. That is exactly what it is. Mate, 100%. They can't have one without the other. They cannot, <laughs> cannot have one without the other. Um, again, a link will be in the show notes for all the listeners there. Please do check that one out. Australia 5G full uh, potential is the um, – oh, sorry, that's not the full article. I was looking at the link there. Uh, Australia's 5G network ready to reach full potential is the article there. But, again, uh, in the show notes for the members who uh, – for anyone else who's not a member and not watching the uh, video version of this uh, – we were reading along with it there, but yeah, exactly. They, they. I mean, you, you sort of. I know you've had to go through and explain it all there, but yeah, right at the back at the bottom there, where you've pretty much spelled it out from here. Yeah, mass surveillance, the biohacking, the mind control, the the, the tyranny of uh, resource control, uh, movement restrictions, all of that shit, which we kind of. I hate to use the terminology, but we kind of fear that this is where they're going, but uh, maybe not. We don't really fear it, I guess, but. Um, we see that this is the direction they're headed because they've laid it out for us in, in many ways, in many forms. Um, that's that's It enables all of that. You know what I mean? They're not going to tell us that that's what they're going to do. They'll just start doing it before you know it. There it is. You know, And it's this will all get tied in with digital identifications, all this sort of stuff. It'll all be connected with all that sort of shit. Um, the and Internet of Things. Yep, yep. Sorry, mate, go. And, mate, just, just thinking of it as well, um, when you, when I think of 5G stories I've covered on the website, in recent years, some of them have been the protest actions of people in the northern rivers of New South Wales. Yeah. Like, they have formed blockades and barricades to stop Telstra operators. They've camped out overnight. Like, they've, for one tower, like, they will go to mm. bat to, to try and get And I think they've only successfully got one in after, like, three years of campaigning, right? So... 
think of now this whole smart city plan, high-speed rails, and who was devastated in March of this year with a mass flood, the northern New yeah, South Wales Rivers regions. They Correct. were absolutely devastated. So mm, I don't know, maybe, again, call us conspiracy theorists, but it seems like some people resist the underlying technology that enables all of this to be possible, and yeah. all of a sudden all of this happens to them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we've also had um, our member and friend, uh, Addy, Chris, if you're listening, who's always talking about how Newcastle, because he's got family who is sort of from there, out near Newcastle's becoming the smart city and, uh, yeah, they're doing all their upgrades and stuff. That's just another one of one of those that's, uh, you know, taking that path as well. That's what it's all about. And then, yeah, of course, you got, um, was it Lismore's up here somewhere? Yeah, Lismore's up here. All these areas, you know, got all damaged by all the floods and stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Big shout out to Chris Addy, um, one of the longest members on my side as well, um, one of the first members of the site and long-standing yeah. member. He sent me a flyer that was dropped in his uh, letterbox. He probably sent it to you as well of the Newcastle Smart City plan where the council were just letting him know here's the whole infrastructure. And then I was able to find that online, the PDF scan of that council thing and that's what they were doing this was 2019 transforming um them into a smart city so yeah yeah he did that's it, why he, he talked, bailed he did tell me about it yeah exactly and then buying <laughs> yeah buying property elsewhere yeah exactly um he bailed out mate because the the impending doom was coming and it was smart from him and his family to to make that decision you know i i still to this day you know it's one of the best things i've We've He's made some I mean, incredible changes in his life. And I know we, it's not the show really to talk about our members and stuff, but what a legend. He's an awesome bloke. And he was obviously one of the gentlemen who was helping me with my father as well um, before he passed away, um, helping me to basically keep him alive for another more than two years, you know, thanks to Chris. So more than, yeah. And never, never, never forget that. I'll always be so thankful for him for doing that for me too. So, um, But anyway, yeah, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend, just like you two boys are, absolute fucking legends. Um, but yeah, this this again, we're, we're leading into another um, part of what we want to talk about on the show here as well, um, and it's it's uh, to do with um, you've got here Australia, another one on your, your website. Australia must follow uh, allies in banning of Chinese cameras because yeah, the the big fear is that China is spying on everyone. Obviously, they're going to use if they've got access to these cameras, if they've got access to this five G grid that's being set up, you know, they can do things in real time and spying on everyone. Um, so that's another major issue, of course, with, um, you know, they're the ones, everything's fucking made there. We all know that everything is goddamn made in freaking China. Um, but the real, real worry is, I remember when they talked about with um, Huawei, yeah, Huawei, the big um, uh, telecommunications company uh, in China, uh, how they didn't want to have them, uh, what was it? There was the, was it making cameras or um, doing something here in Australia as well? And they were like, oh, no, we can't have that. We can't have Huawei, you know, doing that in our, you know, our country. Uh, so they, they sort of put a stop to that. Um, but, yeah, UK bans Chinese cameras from government buildings because obviously they're worried about the Chinese spying on everyone. Um, the US bans Chinese telecommunications surveillance cameras. They're doing it. Um, yet Australia was a, a bit lacking. Um Let's, uh, I might actually, that reminded me too, uh, that was the one I was going to bring up here. 
just to do with more of the spying as well, um, before we finish off with uh, Ethan's article there, again, Chinese spy ship spotted off the coast of Australia gathering intelligence. That was November 26, so a year ago, 20, November 26, 2021. Um, yeah, did, basically doing data surveillance on Australia in our, in our waters, apparently. Um, what was the other one I had saved here as well? So the other one here, FBI director. The uh, TikTok could be China's best espionage tool. And, you know, again, TikTok, it's a smartphone app, of course. Smartphones connected to the grid, the 5G grid, which would be going up everywhere. And there's something like a, over a billion users around the world of this app, you know what I mean? And they've everything that's on that app gets funneled through their servers. Um, so that's, that's a, big, a big worry as well, you know, with all this Chinese spying. But, yeah, heading back over to, to TOTT News there, mate. Just tell us a bit about this piece here. So obviously we've there's a bit of a worry. There's you know I've just I've gone through a few examples there of Chinese surveillance around the world. Like these guys are like they're now the biggest spies, you know, second to probably the US and in Israel and UK and stuff, you know. Yeah, mate, for sure. I mean, as you mentioned. Other countries, our allies, have now banned them from government buildings, from government facilities. Uh, the only thing Australia has done, as you said, was ban Huawei from our access to our 5G network and 5G millimetre auctions and whatnot. Huawei weren't allowed to do that. But in terms of this has been a story that's been ongoing for tw since 2018 um, that I've been following. It first came out in an ABC uh, 7.30 report that there were hundreds of thousands of cameras all made by Hiki Vision and all of these other... Dahua, yeah, Dahua, or is, yep. Yeah, Dua and all of these yeah. um, Chinese manufacturers of cameras that are used on government facilities, military bases, council <laughs> buildings... All over Australia, we use these cameras. This is what we're... There's no secure um, ASIO-built cameras that are in these facilities. They just buy them from, you yeah. know, like Harvey Norman or something and have it delivered. You yeah, know? Like yeah. It'll, be, it'll be... The, the lowest bidder will be the ones who gets to put the cameras in. <laughs> so they'll put a tender out and be like, who can supply us with these cameras and stuff? And the Chinese will be like, yep, here we go for this mount. Sold! You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That's always by the lowest bidder. <laughs> it's a business plan, Absolutely. isn't it, Andy? <laughs> it's all yeah, a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so, so continue, mate. Continue. Essentially, mate, like um, the UK have now made moves yep. on it. Uh, the US have made moves on it. But Australia have not followed even though we know of hundreds of thousands of potential security risks since 2018, we have not uh, followed this plan. So um, this is the interesting thing about it. Like where the concern comes into play is that, as it says on the screen there, the banned companies in question are subject to China's national intelligence law, which compels companies yep. based in China to pass on information to intelligence authorities. This law applies extraterritorially, meaning Chinese-based companies could be forced to hand over data when they are operating in other countries. So essentially, there's a two-way communication between Hiki Vision and these companies that develop the cameras yeah. and the Chinese government network. So you yeah. would think that there is mass concern here. There's, there's a two-way 
monitoring network all over our most sensitive facilities and they're not doing anything about it. And if you continue down the article a little bit more, I talk a little bit about Australia's response. So their head of ASIO, um, they were asked about whether Australia would follow in these footsteps. And our ASIO boss, Mike Burgess, said, oh, I've got concerns about them being there, but it's an issue that someone might have to look in, but it's not front of mind for me and my organisation at this time. We're not really... I don't know if that's just, is that lip service? Is, is, I mean, is that just mind games they're playing here? I don't know. Like, I mean, he could be lying saying that, or it could be, he could be just a fucking dickhead and doesn't realize that it's such an issue. But I mean, I kind of think there's a bit of skullduggery going on there. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're letting them for whatever reason to try and catch them out maybe, or, you know, like it's, or it's that whole, you know, counterintelligence kind of thing will let them think that they're seeing things or hearing things and, you know, it's, it's stuff that they want them to see in here. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's, you just don't know. Well, you don't. You that's, deep into that. that's exactly right, mate. And that's, again, you, it's all guesswork there. But then you've yeah, also got yeah. the other perspective that um, I sort of raised at the end of this article, which is that is Australia really even Australia anymore to begin with? We've had all of our land, all of our water bought up, all of our electricity and gas is owned by Chinese companies. Some of our largest security companies like Secure Corp and all of this have been taken over by Chinese companies. So like even our most sophisticated intelligence sort of like all through Melbourne City, all of these cameras are everywhere. Is Australia really even Australia anymore? Like this is the question that is being asked by a lot of people why isn't Australia following our allies? And it could be because of this lackluster approach to China that has yeah. let them take over incrementally. And we're just bowing down again by saying, no, because because the vision is for us to become South China. We're the first testing ground. We'll be the first Chinese state with all of this facial recognition and everything I mean, America, the UK, they've taken action against this stuff. I mean, the US took extreme action against it. They, they just banned the whole com- all the companies from the country. You can't even buy it personally, those cameras. So why aren't we following that? And is, does it have to do something with us laying over? Again, it's all guesswork. It could be that it's a double play or whatever, but why are we not as concerned uh, about this obvious shift that we've known about for for many years now so mm, it's a good question Mike. well it's just andy what's your thoughts on this mate have you um just going over it there with uh with ethan and myself there um oh, I, I do actually kind of agree with what ethan's saying that it is it is probably more to do with more of a larger plan that uh yeah this is this is what they want to do we got the social credit system the dev, the Chinese version of it, coming to Australia soon. Um, you know, Ethan's written about that one before as well. Um, you know, this is the direction we're going. Are they allowing it? Because they know that's the direction we're going. This is all part of the plan. Like, is that, is he right? What's going on? Give us your take on that one, Andrew. Man, I just have absolutely no faith whatsoever with the Australian government. I think they're just, I think they're, I think they're just absolutely completely sold out. Um, I don't think there's ab- absolutely any public service and interest of the public going on whatsoever. No, I think sure. I, I think they absolutely just have a have a an international plan that like is all 
um, you know, WEF stuff or alignment with corporations that what they want to do what they want to do. Um, you know, national security just seems to be thrown Church. out, like, you know, out, out the door. Mm. It's all about kickbacks, about, like, you know, backroom deals. Um, man, I, I, I really I really fear for this country. I really think that we are in a really, really bad position um, unless something, unless people can sort of, like, wake up from their slumber and see what's going on. But there is absolutely zero public service going on, in my opinion, whatsoever. And economic security, like I said, is just is just is, is just a joke. So mm. yeah, that's my two cents worth, General. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to agree with those words, mate. Yeah, we're not in a good position right now. We are definitely selling out everything. Everything and anything to China. They're buying up all the farmland, mate. They, every every time there's like auctions for big, massive farms, in, you know, out west and stuff. China buys them all up, you know what I mean? Like they're just owning massive swaths of land. They probably own more land here than Bill Gates does in uh, in the US now. <laughs> well, that's the biggest national security disaster right there, isn't it? How, how can you let a foreign power own all your fucking agricultural land? It's like, or, hello? Or allow a foreign power to take control of your energy supply, your oh. power stations and, and your... You know the actual energy, yeah. the power lines, and and all of this, all this sort of infrastructure. You know, I wonder so it's I mean, crumbling and falling to bits half the stuff too. You know, well, it's no, it's it's no longer covert anymore. It's so overt. All of the actions, it's 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 they're pissing in our faces. Like it's just it's just right there. So when it comes to national security, it just doesn't surprise me at all that they just that that people have dropped the ball. Do you think it could be about acclimating the, the the wider public into that that perspective of well you know they own everything anyway so why not like what's the big deal it's we're all part of China now anyway like, we're that's sort of the way we're going like is that the I mean Ethan does that make sense that that's what maybe it is about is just getting the the, the wider public acclimated to that kind of perspective on things. Yeah, mate, it really makes you think. I mean, you go back to what you were talking about at the very start before we started talking about this story, spy ships off the coast of Australia. There's an article I linked to in that piece talking about there was an intelligence report talking about unmonitored Chinese drones that are just patrolling Australian oh, yeah. skies. And do we have concerns about that? You know, so it's like, again, there's, there's a lot of larger pictures uh, going on here in terms of... Um, what they know, what they don't know, what they're sharing with the public, what's really going on behind the scenes. And, I mean, let's look at our government now. Albanese, Penny Wong as our foreign minister. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there is anything that's going to be stopping that takeover, it doesn't seem like it's going to be our so-called elected officials, right? And think of everything that's come out as well. Centrelink, mate, all the points now for unemployment you've got to get your 100 points so you get your payment if you're a, a job seeker like it's all slowly creeping smart cities they've got over 500 um like mini smart cities in china you know what i mean like it that's the hub of where all of this started so the fact that we're going along with that you know it, people can argue oh it's because we need to compete with china so we need to do it first well fine let us do that on our own why are Chinese companies 
the ones supplying all of our technology. You get what I'm saying here? It's like I don't see that argument holding weight when we're not organically producing the competition ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh, mate, it's um, a fucking sad state of affairs when, when this is the things that we're kind of worrying about. You know what I mean? It's just insane. Oh. Yeah, it's not long, one honestly. Thing- it's not long before this yeah. infrastructure is all there for them. And it's hard. It's it's all their infrastructure that they're using for this this digital ID, digital smart city, digital plan for us. You know. Yep, absolutely, mate. And one thing I do have that is, um, you know, is a bit of a, a positive light is that there are a lot of researchers out there. Not even people that are awake, but just um, like scientists and stuff that are in this intelligence field that are always trying to beat this type of technology. So at the moment we reported on it, there is an uh, adverse adversarial face mask pattern that you can wear that can currently beat the most sophisticated facial recognition systems that now can even detect how you walk, how you do all of that stuff. You can actually shield your face right in front of it with this mask. So there's always the community... yeah, they're that. always competing with each other. So now it's back in the corner of the developers of the facial recognition cameras to try and beat that mask now. So they're constantly in competition. But there are a lot of privacy advocates out there and scientists that think, no, we shouldn't have a system that is unbeatable. So they're always trying to beat it. So I think if we just pay attention to those fields and what those people are doing to try and beat these um cameras and this type of technology in their field there this there is a way that we can still maneuver under this hyper dystopian society it just means we're going to have to be hyper aware of almost everything that we're doing pretty much yeah and we're trying we're trying to keep track of it and but um yeah there's so much that we just have to you know i I know we're making connections on things like oh where could the rail go through to this next smart city where they're planning to build in this particular area and you know like we're kind of theorizing on a few things here but you know we we're doing our best to kind of spot things when we see them and bring them to light here a little bit and start to talk about them um and this ain't theorizing this part either you know like when we're talking about all of this the chinese takeover you know like we're we're definitely seeing it yeah 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 like it's that's that is it's just in front of our face you know what i mean it's just right there that's the unavoidable part. We, we, yeah. If you're, if you're, you're an idiot if you can't see that part of it. To be honest, you know, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of idiots out there that don't fucking see it, but uh, we can beat it. We can beat it. Yeah, well, it's and exposing it and talking about it's half the thing. You know what I mean? Getting people to be aware of it. You know what I mean? Raising in conversation and um, you know that's that's probably half the battle. There is awareness. You know what I mean? Not many people are aware of these things. So we're doing our due diligence, lads. The beast won't uh, take have, me. I have we faith in those it. blue mask wearers, man. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna turn soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, like, I know. Uh, are you boys on board with the fact? Just to switch topics altogether here, because you just reminded me of something there. But are you guys pretty much both on board with the fact that, you know, like it, it is these shots that are causing this rise in, you know. Um, I know it's not like everyone around us, whoever whoever has had a shot, is dropping dead. But um, I'm I'm more on along the lines of that. They're not all they don't all contain the bad stuff. A lot of them are probably just a saline injection that people have gotten. I think it's probably around about I don't know 
ten percent of the of the population probably got the bad shot, and the rest of them had just got you know something a placebo of some sort. Um, because we're not seeing mass death all over the place, we are seeing an increase in 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 deaths. That's for sure. Uh, the numbers don't lie. The, the statistics have come out many you know uh, over the last two years, and they're showing the, that increase in unexplained deaths and stuff, um, and rises in all these different things. Um, but I was just chatting to someone, like like I mentioned earlier, we, we caught up with some friends uh, for a bit of a Christmas do, some, uh, you know, the friends of friends who, the only people who were there that weren't jabbed was Danielle and myself, the rest of them were all, not that they wanted to do it, but did it anyway, like even my brother was one of them, to be honest, uh, went and got the shot to keep his job, that sort of thing, not as strong as, as uh, some of us folks are, but, you know, I, I was listening to some of the conversations and Danielle was talking to some of the ladies and, oh, yeah, like one of my mates has had like had all these heart issues or he does the same. He has the same business as I do. We're both gardeners and stuff. And all of a sudden he had to go to hospital one day because he was having like all these heart problems and stuff one day. And then, you know, he's, he's had to take medication. He's on, you know, he's having to watch out for it now. And um, they're all whinging about, uh, oh, you know, another, another person who was there had something like, um, oh, what was it? One of the, another one of the things that everyone's talking about now that they're getting with the shots. Anyway, I can't think what it was. Um, and my nephew had fucking Bell's palsy. You know what I mean? Like all these people, what we hear that these are the things that happen, but I'm starting to, to, to realize now that it's, it's happening more and more to people. I know, like it was only a matter. I said that from, we probably talked about that ages ago. It was only a matter of time before it's family member or a friend, a close friend that's just going to die or drop dead. And, and, die suddenly or whatever you know what i mean um because we the numbers weren't that high there weren't a lot of a lot of people out there but now we're starting to see more and more people who are having these injuries or having problems because they've gotten more and more jabs they're getting the, the boosters and they're probably on their fourth shot by now and stuff but i mean i know a lot of people out there are saying that it's you know where where's all the dead people where's all the people who are getting sick and stuff well I'm, I'm starting to see it personally i'm i know i now know people close friends who are having these issues are you guys experiencing that at all are you are you hearing it and I, I know we hear a lot of stories and things on social media and groups where and stuff but have you personally experienced anything like that andy i'll let you go first have you had any um people close to you that you know of who have had these jabs who are suffering any of these sort of things or, or have died past you know passed away recently and stuff well you know i am i'm indirectly involved in the funeral business and i can definitely report to you there is definitely a uptick in young people dropping dead, okay. you know, like like um, footballers and, and this sort of thing, like local yeah. people. So there is definitely an increase. Um, and in my sort of circle of friends as well, I can definitely, you know, like tell you about a lot of people, you know, talking about being unusually sick and saying that, you know, they're sort of, finding it hard to recover from flus and things like that too, whereas they would sort of normally have bounced through it. There's lots of conversations going like that. So I don't know. I just, it feels to me like a, like a bit of a, you know, like a slow release kind of thing. It seems to be sort of as a population, we seem to be getting a little bit sicker, a bit easier, you know, if that makes any sense. I mm. just, I just, um, yeah, it's not. It's just not a good thing. But um, I don't. I don't see like like a big mass death thing going on. 
but it's definitely as a population i do see a downward downward trend in in overall health because the next thing i think we're going to see uh, and I'll, I'll throw you in a second too, Ethan. The, but the next thing I think we're going to see, gents, is that that massive downturn in um, procreation. Like pe- people are not going to, they're going to, they're going to be struggling a lot more. And that's already happening now with everything in our lives, totally. you know, radiation and the plastics and the hormone, you know, endocrine disrupting hormones and everything and stuff. You know, that was already a major drama and it has been for like the last twenty years, but. I think we're going to get to that point now where it's even going to cause even more infertility. You know what I mean? We're going to see, you know, people who are who maybe fall pregnant have to have miscarriages. And and again, another couple that the wife and I know had that same thing, and they're they're both jabbed, and they had a miscarriage and stuff. And yes, we don't we can't say it was because of the jab because it could happen for many reasons. But it just seems to me that there's a lot more of that going on, and I think. Further down the track, we're going to start to see this this big not not a not a mass die off like you're saying uh, like you, you you're not going to see that Andy like you said, but we're going to just start to see the less and less people around like in the next I'm talking long term like in the next ten years if we're still doing the show in ten years time, um, we might start to see that there's um, yeah uh, a lot less people in the workforce or just more migrants coming in because there's less of us around to um, you know to keep the population going basically. That's that's the next I, part of what I think we're going to see. Can I also add in there too, like uh, alternative to you know um, vaccines and things like there's a big increase with young females particularly in regards to lip fillers and cheek fillers and oh, the injectable shit, yeah. and all the injectable stuff, like like, what's that gonna do to the human body over time? I mean, and that's that's a really worrying trend as well, you know, alongside with, you know, mRNA tech like injections as yeah. as, as, as well. Uh, you know, I'm look. I don't think I you have to be in Nostradamus to predict a massive up uptick in cancer rates over you know coming forward in the next few years it's just going to be absolutely off the hook but you know it's great well, it's a great business plan general yeah it is but it's funny you should say that because uh, i've had a lot of people you know you guys know about these things called iud's um the birth control thing that women can have inject um implanted into themselves um yeah, yeah uh into uh sorry intrauterine device they call them uh, it's a contraceptive and it's, uh, as I say, an IUD is a small T-shaped plastic and copper device that's put into the womb, blah, 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 by a nurse or doctor, releases copper in you to stop you from getting, uh, from having a period and lots of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, from, from releasing an egg or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm butchering it, but here we go. Um, most most girls I know that I went to school with all got it in their arm and stuff. Really? So that, you can get that- it in your arm. Yeah. See, in my generation, that was, I mean, oh, maybe they weren't around too much then, but uh, I know a lot of older women in like around my age group now in their 40s and late 30s who are opting to go this this route. And But the amount of them I've heard, including my sister-in-law, who are like having to get them removed and stuff because they've had problems with it or their body's like trying to reject it or they've gotten other health issues as a result of the implantation and stuff. It's like, 
Well, you're putting a foreign substance in your body, and that's why I mean, Andy mentioned that all the, the people getting these injections and the fillers and these things done to their bodies and you know breast implants and stuff. The amount of women who I've seen lately who have had to remove their implants because they cause a lot of problems that they weren't told about and stuff. Like, it's just insane. I don't get why people are doing it. And you're right, Andy. Like, why are they... It's, I mean, I know it's a, probably a cultural thing. We, it's another big rabbit hole to go down, but I just don't get it. I, I hate seeing women who have had work done on their face. Natural, just go natural all the way, you know? Like, it's, it's so much more beautiful. Oh, anyway, my personal And they actually, they actually advised against uh, people that had uh, lip injections and face injections to, to proceed with caution and see a doctor before getting their jabs. That was one of the recommendations because of the reaction of what is it, nylon or whatever they have in some of these lip fillers yeah, or something yeah. like that? It's something Some like type it, yeah. of, like, a, whatever the plasticky sh stuff is that they've yeah. got inside of them, like that, they didn't know how that would react with the, the vaccine. And there was people that were having bad reactions, especially with lips from the first jab. I remember that um, distinctly because there's so many people out there for the Instagram era of gratification and stuff with fake butts, fake everything, you know, so... They're all full of plastic. So what happens if you get this mRNA injection? Exactly. There you go. Um, just going back to your other point, mate. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Like I was I you too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't. Um, Are you seeing it? No. Well, for me, like um, that, what you were talking about at the end there is the actual agenda. It's humane depopulation, the Epsilon agenda. They're not openly the people that, and this is where the truth movement has gone wrong again, is a lot of people peddled fear for a number of years. Mass depopulation, they're yeah. killing us all off. You're going to see tens of millions of people drop dead, you know, like, and the evidence didn't show that. The evidence showed that what they're doing is modelling this off of, a P, off of the PZP vaccine, yeah, the, which the is por porcine, a, um, something, what is it? Um, the pork, yeah, the, the pig vaccine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So they, for horses and all of these types of animals where they control their populations by sterilising them, two shots um, that are, you get a booster, which is a few months apart over an eighth-month period, the exact same time frame, and then the head of Pfizer got his... Um, bachelor degree in zoology from his greek university that's what he, he majors yeah. in of zoology and julian huxley and everything you watch how they control animal populations to see how they're going to control our animal population as well the larger eugenicists and from the start i've spoken about this and we've spoken about this and i think that's where you know we'll stay strong through all of this because we weren't peddling fear saying you're going to see millions of people die it's what you were talking about before mate you're just going to see less and less people that doesn't mean there's not horrors going on it seems like these jabs for the older generations are activating a lot of things that are inside of them a lot of dormant mm. cancers and whatnot so my yeah, father it's, it's speeding that up isn't it yeah yeah, so that happened to my father. He had his first jab, and then all of a sudden, a, a four-year dormant cancer all of a sudden emerged, and all down his left side. But like two and a half years prior to that, he actually got an operation down his left side for his ribs breaking. So he's like, "How did you not spot it if it's been there for four years?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, mate." Uh, so 
And then he got hit the second jab. I, I, it was after the third jab. He got shingles in his ear, you know, like oh, shingles. That was the family. thing I was trying to think of before. Shingles. Yep. Another one. Shingles. Yep. And we're seeing this. So it's not like there's not horrors going on, but the main focus for the mate is this birth, reproductive technology, all mm. of this horror that we're seeing with miscarriages and spontaneous abortions. And you're going to see a whole generation that won't be able to breed. And that's where the population decline comes in because they're already talking about it. There's not enough young to replace the old. So we're just going to decline rapidly in our population. And this is what they understand. They understand they don't have to kill everyone off. They just do what they do with animal populations, this extreme yeah. form. This Let is what they do in Africa. Breed ourselves this is what do out of existence. Bill yeah. Gates, this is what he was talking about in with, you know, they everyone misrepresents even this new su died suddenly documentary. His famous vaccine quote, if we do really good with vaccines, he's not talking about killing people off, he's talking That's about right. humanity population. He's yes. he's modeling off Africa. He said we need to avoid in his private chats, we need to avoid the Malthusian trap which has plagued these countries where the more the population grows, the less resources they have, so we need to find a way to control our growing populations. And this has been their, their goal from the start, mate. So this is where the, the fear peddlers, and some might say they're even paid to do so, put that out there, that everyone's dying everywhere. And you can see there are increases in deaths and stuff, but you can attribute that to a lot of things, lockdown, financial stress, everything that's gone wrong in people's lives. You could attribute mm. all of that to the, the same things as why people could be suffering these things. But the main goal is because they want that IVF revolution. They want designer babies. They want to come out with the solutions to all the ailments that they cause. That's why they're now coming out with the AIDS vaccine again, and they'll come out with more mRNA jabs to solve heart problems, and they'll create customers out of the people that are damaged while the rest, uh, you know, are unable to to breed in a sense and that's where yeah. they will cry out for ivf and like that's the path i've always seen it and it seems like like i, I could have been dead wrong if everyone just started dropping dead in the hundreds of millions everywhere but it doesn't seem yeah, like that's that was case. never going to happen because what i mean you, people need to look at the repercussions if that was something to happen you mean like everyone would be up in arms going wow they've killed us all it's definitely they would all know it was the vaccine that did it you know what i mean oh don't do it you know what I mean? it's, it'll be like a like a horror movie, you know what I mean? And they'll be coming for those people with the pitchforks and the fires and torches and they'll be trying to hang politicians and, you know what I mean? Like, there would have been mass chaos. They can't have that. So it was never going to be that way. You're right. It was always going to be about getting us to breed ourselves out of existence, basically, or not being able to breed, I should say. Um, yeah, that's what it's going to be for sure. Mm. And that's where transhumanism comes in, mate. That's the solution. Yeah. Oh, and then think of that. Think of the population then. Classism. Only the rich can then afford to do these expensive IVF cycles to be able to create children. Right. So they everyone that is built a society, that's right. Yeah, they get exactly. There. So yeah. only the people that can afford it move forward with their children, and then you're only a couple generations away from just saying it. And they're already talking about this. The welcome leap. Let's just put a microchip in them when they're born and monitor them for a thousand days so that they're. That's right. We don't talked have about that on a previous show. And, yeah. Like, they want that, and eventually, mate, it'll just be full Brave New World. You'll just select from a, a perfect, you know, a breed of embryo, and yeah. you'll just have all the same well, I mean, batch of babies. <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys, I know Andy doesn't watch a lot of TV, or if you watch too much TV uh, at all, Ethan, but um, there's, like, at least 
well, always during the key times of the day, but there are a lot of ads on TV for the infertility stuff. They're like, oh, you know, it's all they're showing the different couples and they're like, oh, you know, I thought only women could be infertile. And, oh, yeah, it turns out men can have infertility issues too. And, oh, yeah, you should consult your, you know, fertility specialists. And it's all about infertility, infertility, infertility. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a big issue right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't be having fucking ads on TV telling everyone that, infertility is actually an issue and it's okay to talk about it you know what i mean like um but it's all about yeah doing the um the ivf way of doing it and all that sort of shit and yeah sure let's and let's go let's go deep here mate like not like not a massive discussion but this is the thing with eugenics modernization they realized once it went too far world war ii when everyone realized that you can't just openly sterilize people and kill them off anymore Julian Huxley said, we're going to invent eugenics modernization. He said, they're going to do it to themselves. The ones that we want to breed off the dead woods will do it to themselves. Widespread abortion, birth control, all of this stuff that they legalized and, and spread. They This is why transgender um, hormone replacement and all of these pills that they take cause infertility, right? Like it's there's a real deeper puzzle going on here where if you were to convince or confront Bill Gates in a room, mate, if you were to confront him in a room and go up to him and, and really talk about this, he would say, hey, man, I didn't do anything. These people did it to themselves. They chose to do this to themselves while the ones that were smart enough to see chose not to do it. Like the ones that aren't jabbed aren't going to experience this horrific future of miscarriages and all that stuff. Hopefully they're having beautiful babies, home births, home education. It's a wonderful future for people that saw what was coming. Mm. But this is the thing. They didn't technically do it to anyone. People really chose to go headfirst into it, you know. It's really a – it's such a sociopathic – you're level almost, we can't almost understand psychopathic mate yeah <laughs> it's unreal because they will say no this is humane we're doing this now they yeah. say this with the climate models mate we need to kill off millions of poor people now so that people in the future won't have to experience horrors it's the ends justifies the means we're yeah, going to have exactly. a better world and they believe they do they actually believe they're doing the right thing these are not people that are like we need to kill off these people they're saying we need to manage the herd and we're trying to make it better in their minds because they're all, as you said, complete psychopaths. They believe transhumanism and immortality and See, all well, of this. I, no more diseases, no I more pain. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I tend to think that they don't want transhumanism so much for themselves. They want to, be, they want to remain the pure, un, untouched class, whereas that's – where they want the rest of us to go because that enables the control more control into in uh, into what it is you know controlling our thoughts controlling our you know the way we you know like as in the, the way we conduct ourselves and all that sort of stuff because we've got the embedded chips and we're all this sort of shit you know what i mean so they don't want that they're not going to be the, the ones to go and have the operation and have the brain chip put in they're just going to say you should have this because it's good for you. You know what I mean? This is good for society in, in, in at large. And they'll never talk about the fact that they've never done it. You know, it'll be all, it's all for us. Yeah. Another story on TOTT News. Elon Musk says 
they're ready for Neuralink microchips in six months. They've put their FDA papers in for human approval for microchips in the brain after mutilating and having to kill, you know, dozens of monkeys in their experiments. Yeah, that's right. And they're being investigated by like animal rights investigators and everything for just torture. And now it's fine. Just and Elon has that type of mentality you're talking about, mate. He, this is where the th- the so-called threat of AI is almost a hoax in terms of not machine learning, like advanced machine learning where, you know, you can have robots in a factory sorting and stuff, but this whole mythos that where they're going to be sentient, intelligent beings that take over and they'll one day gain consciousness and stuff, it's almost like a false flag to get people to put the chips in themselves. That's what Elon says. He's like, well, if we can't beat them, we may as well join them. We may as well... But are they even coming is the question, right? No. no. Uh, you see, there's a lot of, if you read a lot of people in these fields, um, they talk about like it's almost impossible to get over this final hurdle of actual the robot being consciously aware of where it is. Fully independence is not, we don't even know what human consciousness is. So how are we going to create it yeah, in it's, it's a robot, right? Yeah. So, But they're saying it's, it's imminent. Robots are coming, it's imminent, and they mask it because there's machine learning everywhere. Technology is improving, but machine learning has been here since the 60s and 70s with early accounting and early, you know, data processing on early computers and stuff. Like, machine learning is improving, but that's not the AI threat. We're almost being led through a false flag to put it in our arms, mate. Put it in our heads. Yeah. Because it'll improve everything, mate, all your ailments. And I don't even – I think they will do it, but they will save the benefits for themselves. Like, there are benefits to this type of stuff, I reckon, like, if you truly did it, like, in in terms of, like, they've always – been fascinated with life extension technology and the quest for immortality we know this the elite they're they're constantly striving for that so i i wouldn't like not imagine that they wouldn't take advantage of that they would just give us the watered down versions that surveil us and make us sick and they can profit off of while they become the supermen themselves Mm. they're the ones that are able to extend themselves and make themselves better in a sense but I could be wrong about that, you know, like they did, but they definitely want it for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is. It's a very fascinating discussion. Um, very, very brave new world. Um, you know, they did it to themselves, mate. Uh, they I did think, it to themselves. I think I'd rather be out on that. Um, what do they call it when he goes out into the wilds in the brave new world, you know, and all the people out there are just living their, living their life, you know, we're untouched from that system. Um, that's our role. That's our that's, role, mate. We are. Yeah, that's we're we'll going to be. become. We'll be the savage reservations of the, the reservations. Future. That's what I was trying to think of the word. Yeah. Yes. Viniparous primitives. <laughs> How do I change my name to that? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just change my handle to that. Yeah. <laughs> they oh, actually big time give birth. Ew. Ew. Disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> Those savages. Uh, I'm gonna to, uh, I see. I never have time to read books that much, so I, I um, go on to the archive.org where you can actually download audio versions of them and stuff. So yeah, I've I list I listened to that one. I uh, oh, it was probably uh, maybe three months ago now, but yeah, I did that one. I did 1984 again just for kicks, you know? Like <laughs> it's just good to go back and listen to these books and stuff. But if anyone's out there, if anyone's got any other good ones or along those lines, newer versions of books. Um, 
yeah, that are along these sort of lines. I'd like to know about them. Um, I've, I've heard one. There's a couple of, you know, they've made movies at them, I think, like The Giver and stuff, you know, these, these sort of along those lines, things like that. Yeah, um, I'll have to see there's a, a book of that one. Um, actually, there is a book because my daughter's read it. And she's like, I love that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, anyway, I just love yeah. all of the classics. Dystopian fiction is oh, yeah, it's, know, it's incredible. Awesome. But if there's other ones Unreal. out there that I mean, like I, I do like a, a bit more of a modern take on them as well. Um, so I might have to. If anyone out there, any listeners out there, if you've got any suggestions, please do either um, jump on the Podbean or comment or wherever you see this getting posted. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what, what the sort of dystopian style kind of uh, books that you would recommend. I'd love to I'd love to know so I can listen to them while I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you've got any Ethan it's, or drop, drop them on me when you got a man and I'll, I'll look them up. Eh? Yeah, no, I I think I saw one recently, but again, mate, it's real hard to do dystopian fiction these days when we are in the dystopia. How can you picture something more dystopian than what we've already got? I mean, I it's know, hard. But I, I kind of like when um, people write about it, you know, within the last maybe 10 years or so, or 20 years at, at most. Because then they're they're sort of more on the ball, like they know where it's going, and I'd like to hear what their version of where it's going is. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of fun to entertain those kind of possibilities and and wonder why why they got to that perspective, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, anyway, I think we might wrap it up you there, gentlemen. Find it, you won't find it through the George Orwell Foundation. All those sellouts they give out their Orwell Writer of the Year award every year, and it just goes to like mainstream kiss ass journalists like they've just desecrated the george orwell's legacy with his foundation and stuff so you can't even like you'd think you could go to the george orwell foundation to find who's the most pressing writer writing about what george wrote about no it's just all people talking about feminism and climate change and oh, oh really far out powerful book on climate change and it's, like, oh, it's been co-opted hey it's been yeah someone's <laughs> gotten a hold of that shit and gone yeah Anyway, all right, we'll chuck a bunch of links in the show notes for listeners out there, so make sure you click through and have a read of those if you're interested. Um, still waiting on uh, Tam, Tamati, if you're listening, Tam. Um, you are supposed to be doing a new intro uh, version, a hip-hop rap kind of version for this season. I haven't. He hasn't dropped it on me yet. He's, he's going to. He might have been busy, but I'm looking forward to that one. Um, better be right up Ethan's alley. He loves all that shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I love it. He's pretty good. I've listened to some of his stuff. He's good, but he probably hasn't had time to put it together yet. But um, he knows if he's listened to this, I'm putting it on you. Come on, get it ready. Because I'm I'm just being my typical bit of a smart ass and putting in um, music uh, intros um, that I think is just fitting for the conversation. I was being a bit cheeky with the last one. Uh, what was the last show? Die. Uh, died suddenly, psyop. We talked about, it, and I'm sitting here putting, yeah. you know, cutting crews. I died in your arms tonight. Like, that's just me <laughs> being a dickhead. But uh, it's because I'm running out of ideas. I need to try to. I need. I need a, a, a standard song for uh, for the intro each season. So get onto it for me and <laughs> send it in. <laughs> All right, guys, we might wrap it up there. Any anything else you want to add for this particular episode, uh, or any uh, any additions to our last little conversation there about uh, the brave new world cometh? Mm, no, I think it's been been a good chat, mate. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed tonight. But uh, no, n- nothing further to add, General. Awesome. Okay, mate. Um, have you been seeing a lot more? I know you mentioned earlier, sorry, I was going to ask you, but you were sort of in conversation. Um, have you had any other conversations lately with anyone in the sort of the funeral uh, business? 
uh, that can really, you know, that may be interested in, in talking about it in an interview or, you know, with regards to the excess deaths that they've seemed to be noticing, especially with the younger people? Mm. Oh, you know what it's like with people. I did put it out, but, you know, people you aren't. Yeah, well, they just sort of like, I'm an R, or I'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah. I just I haven't, I haven't had really any anybody who I can really. Or even if you don't get them on, just try and pry more information out of them. Just keep asking mm. questions and see what you can get out of them. It's always interesting to know that perspective anyway. Like, I mean, we had yeah. John O'Looney on when we talked about it from the UK's point of view with um, all of their shit happening over there. But uh, it's always good to know what's happening more in our own backyard. So, yeah, if you, if you do have those discussions, man, like keep them going, try and, <laughs> try and interrogate yeah. them a bit more and get some more info out of them. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, John O'Looney was, was ex- exceptional, of course, um, and, and nobody that I speak to here comes close to that. But, um you know, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'll keep my ears to the ground and, and yeah, hopefully we good. can we can we can pull something like that together. Be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good, mate. Uh Ethan, anything else for the wrap up the show, brother? Otherwise. No, I just want to thank everyone for for tuning in. Um I recommend everyone head over. I've just done an interview with Pete Evans uh on the website. So you can go check out an interview I've done with Pete Evans. There's a little preview there, about seven minutes. Um, and the full issue is in New Dawn magazine. Um, I've done an expose on Bob Hawke being involved in the 1987 World Economic Forum meeting and did some deep, deep dives on there. So lots of stuff on TOTT News coming into the end of the year. So make sure you stay tuned. And if this is the last show for the year, mate, Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. Yeah, it may very well be um, because I think within the next two weeks uh, is going to be right on... Pretty Christmas, much right on yeah. Christmas, yeah. So um, we'll probably will have a bit of a break and we might try and get into it just maybe either, either in the early – let me quickly consult a calendar before I shoot my mouth off here. Uh, I don't know what you all, y'all doing for New Year's, but it's going to be again on that weekend again. So uh, we might need to push it back to that first uh, – maybe maybe a Monday in January or something. We might try and do it or something like that, yeah. Uh, it's the first week of January or something. We'll work it out, but anyway – so all the members out, all the listeners, yeah, we really do appreciate you all for uh, downloading, listening, following, and uh, all the all the work everyone else does to, to get the show out there. But thank you to all the listeners and to you, gentlemen. Merry Christmas to you both. I hope you have a really relaxing time and don't work too hard. Have a bit of a break, boys, and uh, enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, cool. and same to you, General. Jeez, Merry Christmas to you and the family. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Yeah.